You're listening to the Dwell on These Things podcast. I'm John Stonge, and it is great to have you with us this week. We are so grateful that we're able to share content with you. We've been right now going through a series on the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about who He is and what He does and just all sorts of things that Scripture reveals to us about Him. And in just a few moments, I'm going to be introducing to you my good friend, Charity Goodwin, and Charity and I are going to be having a conversation about the Holy Spirit and how He gifts believers. But before we jump into that conversation, let's take a quick moment to have a a word from our sponsors, and then we will jump right in. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. All right, welcome back. It's good to have you with us today. As I mentioned just a moment ago, today I have a guest to talk about spiritual gifts. Charity Goodwin is my guest. By the way, you can learn more about her at charitygoodwin.com. Charity's been serving in church leadership for many years, facilitating small group ministries and coaching leaders and doing all sorts of things. She speaks and leads workshops on leadership, on emotional intelligence, on vulnerability and courage for Christian institutions and organizations. Charity also holds degrees in journalism and divinity, and she uses her knowledge and her experience to bless the church in a variety of ways. And she and I were just discussing some of the ways that the Lord's been using her in recent years to do that. And it's really exciting. And I'm really grateful that I get to call her my friend. And I thought she'd be the perfect guest to join me for a discussion today about spiritual gifts and how we can use them to serve one another for Christ's glory. So with that all said, Charity Goodwin, welcome to the Dwell on These Things podcast. Hey, John, it's so good to be here with you today. Thanks. Well, it's I'm grateful to have you here. And, and Charity, what part of the country are you in? So I'm in the Midwest. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, my hometown. And uh, I've been back in St. Louis for about three years, which is fun. Which is that that's exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm here on the East Coast, not too far from Philadelphia. And this past Sunday, I was speaking from First Corinthians chapter 12. And in First Corinthians 12, that's one of the four main portions of Scripture that talks about spiritual gifts. There are other portions that obviously reference them, but there's kind of four main sections. You see Romans 12, you see 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4, and Ephesians 4. And I spent the bulk of my time talking about 1 Corinthians 12 and some of the things that are said there. And those that are listening, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that message yet, no worries. I'm going to tell you one thing in particular that I said there, and and I want to invite Charity to share some of her insights on this. But a spiritual gift, when you look at what a, a spiritual gift is, Scripture shows us that a spiritual gift 
is a special ability to serve other Christians for Christ's glory. It's different from a natural ability, Mm -hmm. and every believer in Jesus Christ has received at least one, if not more, spiritual gifts that they're encouraged to use, and we haven't all been gifted in the same way, and I thought charity would be the just the perfect friend to have on to discuss some of these thoughts, because Charity, you help people, I I imagine, discover their gifting and utilize their gifting through many of the small group ministries that you lead. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, you know, I think it's fair to say um, I encourage people to listen to the group uh, to help confirm what gifts they might have, right? To to be open to what other people see in you and the way they are experiencing you. Um, And I think sometimes, you know, we can maybe be hard on ourselves, but I think when you're in a group life, uh, yeah, you it becomes clear sometimes clearer to other folks about what your giftings uh, are or could be um, than it may be to us. And so I think the group is so essential to that process of naming um, where God has gifted another. I agree. And one of the things that I've become convinced of over time, and I think Scripture bears this out, is that if we want to truly grow spiritually, we can't do it alone. We need to be surrounded by other brothers and sisters in Christ who can pour into us, who can, you know, use their gifts to be a blessing to us. What's your conviction on that, even as you facilitate uh, small group ministries for a, a healthy and growing church? Sure. Uh, John, I just sent out an email this morning and it said, we need other people, dot, 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 sigh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think that... Uh, Wow, you know, the thing we need is not always the thing we will say yes to. And um, being in community, being in a small group, being uh, open, uh, even to the move of the Spirit and the voice of the Spirit in whatever ways people experience the impression of God on their life. Uh, I think it is it is very vulnerable. Uh, it's very, um, yeah, it, it can be unnerving. Uh, and so it is much easier to say no and to not want to be in a group and to not listen or to hear and move in, in, in moving the spirit. Uh, and yet when we do, <laughs> when we do the beauty and, the you know, we get answers to prayers we didn't even know we had, like things like that. So I think, yeah, we are we were created, yes, to be um, I know, as you talked about, you know, to be dependent on God. But, and then there's that interdependence on other people because oh. God works through other folks. Um, and so, you know, some people are like, well, it's just me and Jesus. Well, yeah, but <laughs> if you want to experience Jesus, I think part of the way you do that, yes, through scripture and it's through people. And so um, I think group life is just is essential and uh, and it's probably one of the most, um, yeah, just one of the scariest things people do. And I, I respect that. I respect that and I honor it. Um, and I encourage us to move through that scariness to courage and show up and then watch God. Yeah. And and in, like we mentioned just a moment ago, it's often in those experiences, too, where we discover ways in which God has shaped us, ways in which God has gifted us. And I'm curious, over the course of your life, how did you discover how the Lord had gifted you? Hmm. Thanks. That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think the community really has been um, 
the person, the, the ones who have lifted me up, right? Um, I have pictures of me giving speeches as a little person uh, in a big person suit, you know, like looking like a grown up in a grown up suit, you know, but giving a little <laughs> Easter speech or something to that effect uh, with the mic in my hand, not looking afraid at all, you know? Um, and so uh, this notion of being in front of people and sharing, um, sharing really even then the gospel and even my little, you know, little poetic Easter speech, um, right were just little were ways that uh, that I could see my my gifting idea oratory and not only did I do it but I was good at it and uh, and then later um, began to have dreams about preaching and and people being impacted by by my work and by the word that was coming out of my mouth and so uh, there is something about communication um, I, my background is in journalism I thought that would be my direction uh, I love that I love story telling stories of course that's what preachers get to do all the time. <laughs> and uh, I tell people I went from reporting the bad news to preaching the good news. And nice. so um, I think it really was the community uh, seeing gifts in me from my writing ability to me speaking uh, and, and and cheering me on um, and giving me opportunities to to just do that. And, yeah, I think that's part that was a big they were the biggest influence uh, in addition to, you know, these dreams that God would put in my mind when I would be asleep and wake me up and I'm like, oh, what is happening? You know, and so that's kind of how my call came, which was in, in a dream. So do you think it's scary for, for many people to really act on some of the things the Lord's impressing upon their heart or to actually start utilizing some of the ways the Lord may have gifted them? Do you think in general, people find that a fearful experience at first? Yeah, you know, because I think they, yes, I think they think it's it's scary. And I I believe people believe it's scary because it's in their own might and in their own strength, right? Mm. Um, If you think like, I can do this, like, no, in and of yourself, probably not. But with God, like you're an amazing speaker. And with God, these words on this page can like transform other people's lives. And so then people begin to see even, you know, when you do have a quote, natural gifting, if you will, um, and how God can even use that, because I think that's another totally. type of spiritual gift, right? Like you have a natural ability to write, which isn't listed under the first Corinthians 12 or Romans 12, right? But right. Um, communicating the gospel or communicating hard concepts into small, into tangible, whatever, you know, strategic, even like all those different things, God can take our natural abilities and, uh, and use them to edify, um, glorify, right. The, the kingdom mm-hmm. or, the, or the church. And uh, that's, what's exciting. I, I, I love that people uh, are just unique and in who they are. And if we could, Trust God and in turn later trust ourselves that, you know, God is with us and can can lead us in those giftings. I mean, there's nothing the church can't do. Like, I honestly believe that. It's interesting. And I'm glad you brought this up, this idea of of natural gifting, too, because I, I believe in God's sovereignty. So I believe that he superintended that there'd be certain ways that, you know, our personalities were shaped and and uh, certain abilities he would give us to serve other people. And, and you know, some of those things obviously are spiritual gifts that, that come after our conversion to faith in Jesus Christ. But there are certain things that you could look at and you say, all right, I'm born, I was born with this and I was born with this ability and I was born with that one, or I, I developed this. And the truth is you could really see God's hand in sovereignly designing those things to be mm. the case as well. I remember uh, some years ago, when I was studying the doctrine of the inspiration of the scriptures, and one of the things that one particular writer uh, happened to bring up, he brought up the the fact that 
he believed that the Lord also superintended the personalities of the scripture writers because the Lord wanted them to communicate certain things in certain ways. And so you look at somebody like, you know, I always think of um, uh, someone like the Apostle Peter, who was really gifted at putting his foot in his mouth, you know? So, you know, he'd, he'd say like bold and brash things and take really decisive action. And you can see that personality come out in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit inspired him to write. And I look at that and I think, yeah, it's pretty obvious that his personality was also being used by God, even in the ways in which he communicated. So I, I do like the the concept of even some of these natural abilities being part of our discussion. Interesting. Interesting. I, I've never heard that in that way before. That That's an interesting uh, concept to yeah, to continue to unpack. Um, I love that. I, I, yeah, I know there, when I was originally teaching spiritual gifts, when we did, you know, there are all kinds of books people can look at, you know, their shape and they have mm-hmm. these different like acronyms, you know, and, you know, you do take into account like your personality, you take into account if you're introverted, extroverted, take into account just the experiences that you've had in your life and how they, how they have molded you to be, um, you know, whatever, maybe resilient or a survivor or, you know, someone who just has gone through something and now you can teach someone else. Uh, all those things really uh, coming together to, to make the whole of who we are and that God can use all of it, right? All the pieces, it may feel like pieces, uh, it may feel like, you know, um, scraps, <laughs> but with God, right? Uh, God can, can, can use the whole of us and um, it's, it's uh, you know, who wouldn't want to, you know, see the see the type of redemption that God can can offer up into our lives with all the pieces that we think are don't go together or don't fit or um or embarrassing or shameful, right? Uh, right. And yet God, yeah, through grace and through the power of the Spirit, can and I've seen He doesn't it. waste anything, right? He doesn't waste Ooh, it. Nothing is wasted. Do you um do you think that there are many Christians that are basically uninformed? about spiritual gifts or unaware of them? Well, we could talk, we could really talk about this one, John. I, you know, what I, I have a, I have a belief that absolutely, yes, I would say that uninformed, uh, un, consciously or unconsciously, just like, oh, that's like, that's too woo-woo. Um, like they don't <laughs> want to get into that. And I think it's because we don't really have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, I often say that there are people who, there are Christians who believe in God. Some believe in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, like that's asking for a whole lot. And so like, <laughs> think about, <laughs> I think that the, I think that the Spirit is, um, you know, mysterious and is not um, of course, bound by who we are and what we think, and um, mm-hmm. we lose some control, and therefore, um, this relationship with the Holy Spirit, I think, is uh, problematic for folks. And so, so, for one, to talk about the Spirit, let alone spiritual gifts, right? Um, mm-hmm. Those two things, those two together, I think, are definitely a place. And I also, you know, I always tell people, you know, one thing I, I <laughs> it sounds harsh, but I'll say, I can't stand a week a weak Christian. And what I mean by that is really a Christian who isn't like engaged in this relationship with the spirit, because it's this, I believe it's the spirit who is at work today. Um, right. Like, the sitting at the right hand of God. And it is the spirit who is at work. Um, you know, the spirit doesn't need our permission. The spirit will go where the spirit chooses. Um, but the, the power of comfort and the power of bringing things back to your remembrance and all these things, 
you cannot tame the spirit. And so, I, you know, I think with God and Jesus, we come up with what we think we want to think. But with the spirit, you can't. You just have to kind of <laughs> your hands are up in the air. You 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 can try, but you're not in charge. You can't can't put them put them in a box, if you will. And so I, I think that's one of the reasons why spiritual gifts are are difficult to understand or less engaged, because at the root is spirit, mm-hmm. spiritual gifts. Right. Yeah. And I, I think I think for many people. It, just that concept, you know, just like you said, you, when we think about God the Father, when we think about Jesus Christ, okay, you know, we we seem to wrap our minds around them to a degree, even mm-hmm. though I, I think that that's even comical to think that we could fully Fair. wrap our minds around yes. God the Father <laughs> or the Son. You know, many people think of the Spirit as just the force of God and forget mm-hmm. that He's a person. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you look at what Scripture tells us, we're, we're told that He gifts us for the common good mm-hmm. that he gives us in such a way that you and I have the opportunity to serve one another for the common good. And I, I, I like what I'm just going to read a portion of second, uh, excuse me, first Corinthians 12. Mm-hmm. You have the apostle Paul saying this, he says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. So this is mm-hmm. in verse four, yeah. he says, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. And then he goes on to say to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And sometimes I I look at this and I think a, a local church context that is devoid of believers using the gifts that they have been given is going to be a local church context that doesn't grow very deep. It doesn't grow very healthy and there are a lot of things that I think will just go undone. On Sunday, I mentioned a uh, particular church that I'm familiar with where they received a new pastor some years ago. And I remember when this this uh, this person went there and he started his ministry there. And systematically, one thing at a time, he took every ministry away from everybody else and put it under himself. And nobody really had the opportunity in that context to serve according to their giftedness. And you can imagine what happened in that local church. It eventually just got to a spot where it didn't end up closing, but it got really, really close to closing. It's only by the grace of God that it didn't close down. But there was nobody able to do anything other than the pastor. And I thought, what a shame to see something like that. And so, you know, what are your thoughts when it comes to believers using their spiritual gifts for the common good? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like to say that everything that we need is in the pew. Now, there might be some new churches starting. They might think we don't have everything we need, but I still believe that it's true because I believe that even the people there can help get to the things that we need. Right. Even if mm-hmm. it's not their thing. So, um, yes, I believe um, that uh, spiritual gifts are I mean, I think about. I'm thinking about, of course, First Corinthians 12, but also Ephesians, right? Like all of us um, are are here for the, the the edification or the building up of the kingdom, if you will. And if, mm-hmm. in Ephesians 4, um, our goal is to, you know, the priesthood of all believers, that everyone has yep. a role to play and uh, that we're to be equipping the saints. And so uh, I, yeah. 100 percent, as we would say, um, on the street. Right. Like there is uh, there is I think all that we need, we have. And 
it's just a matter of trusting God and trusting, eventually trusting ourselves and building our comp- our own competence, if you will, with mm-hmm. our gifting um, over time so that we can trust that, you know, God has done this through us and, t- and through us and to us, if you will. And uh, and to be, yeah, to offer up so much gratitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, I-, I get to wake up and do what I love every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not work. Um, it is, you know, a way to live out my gifting and it's, it's beautiful. And some days it's challenging, but it's not challenging to the point that I don't get to see still God's hand uh, in it. And so, um, you know, whether that's as my grandmother who uh, who I love and have and miss, you know, whether it's my grandmother who can bake cakes and, you know, cook really well from the south, you know, bringing pieces of home to people um, in who are living up north. Like mm-hmm. she had a gift like to, to transport folks, you know, and to mm-hmm. have them remember uh, who they you think are. She had a gift of hospitality. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those cakes and that, you know, food that she would make was mm-hmm. significant, right, for folks. And so, um, yeah, it goes beyond just a, uh, this tastes good, right, or beyond <laughs> uh, this looks good, whatever the thing is, you know, because we can make stuff look good these days, make it slick and all that. But the effectiveness of it and the reaching, you know, the actual reaching to the heart or reaching to the, uh, even to the mind to, to have someone rethink what they thought they thought um, gifts are, yeah, I I um yeah, it is one of the things that most excites me about being in ministry and helping people like name those things for themselves uh, and come out of their shells, you know, and uh, live it up. I think another thing I just offer up, you know, I work in where I serve uh, right now. Uh, people are, you know, well to do and mm-hmm. not everyone has struggles or what have you. But I also remember seeing just how. We can feel really confident, confident in our secular work and then come mm-hmm. to church and think, well, I have nothing to offer. I'm like, do you run a team at work? <laughs> like, I bet you got some skills. <laughs> and so, you know, to begin to see like we do have things that we do and then to be able to know that there is room for you in the church to serve mm-hmm. uh, and to offer those gifts. And not just not just for the church, but for God and for the people of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, in the long run, there's also a benefit that you get. And we don't start there, but you, you can't in some ways end there. Right, right. Do you ever take a uh, spiritual gifts inventory, one of those online tests? Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, are, what are some of the things? I, well, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, what, it com- what comes up for me, mm-hmm. and then maybe um, you could share what, some of the yeah. ones that come up for you as well. Mm-hmm. But I usually get uh, high on that list are usually things like teaching, leadership, and administration. Those are usually some of the high ones. I would also say faith tends to be pretty high on my list uh, as well, but low on my list and usually somewhat toward the bottom. And this kind of cracks me up, you know, in, in the the role that I serve in. But almost always, it tells me that mercy is the lowest in my giftedness. And I look at that and I think, how is that even possible? How how am I? It it almost makes me think like I I do care about people. I promise. Like what? But what I've discovered <laughs> with that is that it doesn't excuse me from being mm-hmm. merciful. I'm right. still called by the Lord to be merciful, yes. but what it makes me aware of is that, okay, I need to spend time with people who are particularly gifted in this area, so I learn to do this well. 
My gifts tend to be in other areas, but Mm -hmm. I'm still called to, it's just like evangelism, right? A a lot of times people think, oh, I'm not an evangelist. I don't have the gift of evangelism, so I don't need to share my faith with other people. I think, no, you need to be around evangelistic people so you (laughs) learn how to do it. Their gift will rub off Mm -hmm. on you. So I'm curious, you know, where, where, um, do some of these inventories tend to say, okay, charity strong here yeah. and then other areas that they say, all right, this is your lowest spot or right. do you have any memory of that? Yeah. So this is an interesting question, John, because I typically have similar ones to you around leadership and teaching. Yep. Um, and I have also had, at, because I believe this. So I believe our gifts really are for the place where we are, right? There mm. have been times I've been really good at things in a certain context mm. <laughs> in one church, but not necessarily in the other. Right. Um, I think it was something that that church really needed. And like I was able to do it. Maybe it wasn't something I just had a nat- natural gifting for, but like in that space, I was able to really be evangelistic in a way that I never had before or whatever it was. It's kind of interesting. So I think sometimes, you know, our gifts again, One, our gifts make room for us, but our gifts are also for the place where we are. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, when I'm not in the service that I'm in now, will the same gifts be what's needed in the next space? I don't know. Like I serve in a different capacity today than I did 12 months ago. I was I was serving as a pastor Sunday after Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, And the gifting that was needed there is a little different than what I'm doing here. So I don't know. I think there's something. That's a fascinating thought, isn't it? To just Mm -hmm. think that there are certain things that in different contexts that the spirit would say here, I, I I'm going to give you the ability to do what's needed in this context to serve believers. I, I, I believe that. Cause I just, I've seen it just in my life where I'm like, mm-hmm. I, this is not a thing. Um, and yet uh, it was fruitful, you know, and that's how I knew it was God like, okay. And I learned a lot. Like I was learning, you know, it wasn't like I just knew what to do. I was learning and it was working. And I was like, this has to be because this is what these people need in this space. Um, but yes, leadership, teaching. Uh, I have also been high on apostleship. Um, so starting new things. Um, right. Probably doesn't yeah, come so, as a surprise, right? With so, well, it doesn't surprise me at all. The, <laughs> no. and, and that's one that I think confuses a lot of uh, mm-hmm. of people because they think, how how would a gift like that apply in this day and age? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times... Uh, I'm convinced that there, you know, a lot of times the modern day application that could be, you know, church planting, starting churches, starting Mm -hmm. ministries, Mm -hmm. things like that. And uh, so that doesn't surprise me. Uh, Sorry for for interrupting. but I wanted to. That's an interesting one to comment on. Uh, What what else uh, were you thinking of? Um, Gosh, oh, you know, so I've taught on this before. Um, You can, you know, we can take this one, however, but that for a chunk of my ministry life, I was a youth pastor with no intention of ever doing anything with adults. Like I was going to be an ordained youth pastor. Like that was like it. I was like, I want to do all the things. So more than a decade or so. And I am convinced that there is, that the spiritual, that I had the spiritual gift of uh, interpreting tongues. Now here's why I say this, because I noticed when you talked about here, um, I think about, you know, language is very different um, (laughs) for teenagers than Mm. it is for uh, adults. And so I remember, you know, being able to understand what they were saying, but then be able to teach and, you know, I think there's this translation thing that sort of happens. I also am, am good at languages. I speak Spanish. Um, I'm out of a little bit of practice, but that's something that was, so I, I was never afraid of, like, how do you take what they might be saying and then, you know, 
pull out, you know, the, the, here's the big theological word that you're saying with that. And then mm-hmm. here's what that actually means. And so um, I'm a little bit of a translator of taking, you know, if you want to say street slang, what have you, everyday common language, um, naming the theological concepts there and then moving into like breaking that down into a way that's, that's palatable. Yeah, it's a, and and that subject I even I brought that up in my my sermon on uh Sunday. Okay. Um because there's certain elements of spiritual gifts that the church has divided over. Mm. It just and I'm saying the church just like in a general sense, not my mm. local church or your local church, sure. but just in, in a in a general sense some of these like uh you know the interpretation of tongues or some you know just some of the mm. gifts uh, tend to have a little bit of controversy oh, yeah. <laughs> surrounding them in in our day and age. And my purpose in this discussion, by the way, is not to pick on anybody's tradition or to um, even make any sort of definitive pronouncement or anything like that. This is just a discussion uh, yeah. about our experiences with these things. But I, you know, I like the the background that I come from is one that would look at certain gifts like the interpretation of tongues and sp- and speaking in tongues in the in the line of like sign gifts if you've ever heard that term used before like you know like gifts that were used for um uh like the the uh, age before the new testament was fully written and they were used as like a confirming sign and and mm-hmm. as over time um you know i found myself saying well a lot of the people that i love and respect have a different view on that and I, I have found it very fascinating to force myself to think about some other perspectives on that. One that I, I thought was really interesting to think about, a friend of mine uh, interpreted or translated the Bible into a pretty unfamiliar Guatemalan dialect some years ago. And I know that in talking with him, one of the things that he was trying to discern was, is this an aptitude the Lord's given me? Is this something I should call a spiritual gift, maybe a, you know, a gift of interpretation or a gift of tongues? And, and here's where I kind of land on some of this stuff now, and, and I'd love to hear your thought on this. I'm actually okay with some of this being mysterious to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I used to try and have all the answers to some of this figured out. And the older I get, the more I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that I want to have it all figured out. I don't want to know that I, I, I have like every last detail about how God is operating in, in society and culture all wrapped up and tied up nicely with a neat little bow. You mm-hmm. know, I, sure. I think I, I just, I just want to accept the fact that the Lord does what the Lord does. And, sure. and I, I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I think mystery is, uh, is, is definitely, uh, needed, right? I think sometimes we want certainty over mystery. Um, and that's not necessarily even faith, but, um, hmm. I, I come from a background of, you know, more of a charismatic background. So, um, yeah, I probably could get with some of these gifts in a different way that other folks could. Right. And, and believe that I maybe have experienced them and not that it be me, but like have seen or witnessed other folks um, who I would trust, you know, their walk to say that they were moving in the spirit in some ways that I had never witnessed before. Right. So, yeah, but I hear you. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> Uh, I remember when I was a brand new pastor in uh, in just like really fresh out of college, mm-hmm. and I was it, it, at that season of life. I was so 
dogmatic about secondary things. <laughs> and I, I look back at that now and I remember all the, all the guys in town that I really had a deep connection with that were just serving in various forms of ministry came from a different perspective on some of the spiritual gifts than I came from. And it really stretched me and it yeah. caused me to think, you know, there are Christians that are well-meaning Christians who love Jesus and see certain areas slightly different. And you know what? That's okay. And it's probably going to help you grow in your faith mm-hmm. to spend a little time together with some of your brothers and sisters who see things a little differently than you sometimes. And I, I actually feel like that was a really good experience for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I just did a blog post for uh, an organization about like speaking across differences, right? And the benefits of being in conversation with people who are different than you. Um, and Paul gives us a couple of things I think to do and maybe some things not to do in his way yeah. going about, <laughs> um, you know, trying to persuade folks. But, um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I totally agree with uh, the piece around mystery and, and, you know, just being, you know, that God is bigger than all our boxes and all the things we think we know. Um, and if we already know, then we probably don't. Well, Charity, thank you so much for spending some time here on the the Dwell on These Things podcast with me. I really appreciate it. And if people want to follow up with you, where's the best way for them to do so? Oh, thanks. Um, So I'm at CharityGoodwin.com. Um, I blog and share about small groups and emotional intelligence and lots of fun things that I think uh, help really integrate um, integrate our journey in ways that maybe we haven't done in the past, um, particularly around emotional health and spirituality. Um, and then that courage that it does take to say yes to being in a group or starting groups. And so, um, yeah, you can read some of the things that I'm, um, I'm learning and practicing uh, every day at CharityGoodwin.com. Well, thank you so much. It was so great to have you with us today. You too, friend. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Quick question. Would you consider yourself a founder, innovator, or trailblazer on mission to grow, show, and share your faith through creative pursuits like speaking, writing, or testifying? Perhaps even as an entrepreneur. If the answer is at all yes, I'd love to invite you to my Audible Gym, the Fit and Faith Podcast. I'm Tamara Andress. I'll be your trainer. Don't worry, this isn't a sweaty fitness podcast. This is where you will be mentally, emotionally, financially, and spiritually flexing as we endure, shape, and sharpen our skills to be messengers for the kingdom. Let's get fit in faith.